Welcome to Mind, Mood and Food podcast. I'm Margaret Bell, founder of Naturally Empowered Health, gut health expert, anti-diet coach and author of True Taste. And I'm here with my partner in crime, Adele Derbyshire. Hello, I am the founder of Find Your Inner Sparkle. I am a yoga teacher and a spiritual teacher and I help people to reduce anxiety, stress and overwhelm and to fall back in love with themselves and gain confidence. And today's podcast, how to communicate like a giraffe. (laughs) This has me intrigued yes on the edge of your seat yeah def i've never heard of obviously how to communicate like a giraffe so i'm gonna hand straight over (laughs) to you adele because i'm a bit gobsmacked by. don't even know what to ask (laughs) (laughs) that's okay um just to mention as well for for viewers that might be watching us on the youtube channel um rather than just listening in margaret's got a sore eye so bless you, Margaret. If you do feel like you need to just close your eyes and listen for a little while and rest your poorly eye, that is totally okay with me. I will not be offended or think that you've fallen asleep. So <laughs> yeah, today's podcast. Well, what it is about is something called nonviolent communication. And it's a wonderful, wonderful skill, a wonderful tool, I think, just to play with and explore in your own relationships um whatever they may be family friends even colleagues at work and it's a kind of communication system invented by a guy called Marshall Rosenberg who unfortunately is no longer with us but it was invented in the 60s um as a tool to do with the desegregation of schools in America in the United States so I've got some notes here because you know there are a few steps to it um that that we need to go through but the reason he invented it he was motivated to help people connect with their own humanity and that of others respectfully compassionately peacefully and with joy which I love and I've I've looked at this I've done I've done um, trainings on it for my own sort of um, community in the past but after doing a bit more research last week for the podcast what I loved was I found that on I think it's on his website not sure um that nonviolent communication is based on the yogic principle of ahimsa so I love that because ahimsa which I'm not sure if we've talked about here if not we definitely should do is to do with nonviolence and non-harming of ourselves and of others very yogic you will agree um all to do with you know peace love and light and all of that but it's to do with really really trying to live up to that highest vibration of love and kindness and empathy again for ourselves first and foremost which is something that not everybody does unfortunately and then you know to all living beings all Mm. creatures and all people and treating everyone with that same level of kindness and, and love so I love that it's based on a yogic principle makes it very much uh in fitting with what I do which is probably why I was drawn to it so there are a few things um about it and how to do it but it's it's a way of everyone getting their needs met which I love so like if you often are in communication with someone it's 
I don't know about you, but it can become about, I need to get what I want. And that means that they don't get what they want. Yeah. Or vice versa. Yeah. And then that can mean one of the people have to do more of the compromising and therefore feel more pissed off with the outcome. You know, like, "Mm, well, they want to do this and they want me to do this or I want them to do X, Y, and Z. So you're trying to manipulate and change what how someone else acts, basically, um, to suit your needs, because we all have needs. But then that means they're doing it out of a bit of a, they're doing it as a bit of a grudge fest. It's not coming from a place of love, whereas human beings, we actually want to help. We actually want to help each other. Do you know, when you help someone and and you do it from a place of like your cup being full and you just want to help, that feels amazing, doesn't it? You know, like we always feel great when we do that. We're always like, oh, I feel really good. You know, and you've done your good deed. Like I did a good deed today. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than when you do something where it's like, they've, if if like your partner says, if you don't do, you know, we were just chatting before this, by the way, about people not doing things that we want in terms of like doing the house, if you're not there, sorting out the, yeah. you know, the jobs and things like that. But if you're like, if you don't do this while I'm out, then I'm going to be really, really angry with you when I get home. So there's going to be some kind of consequence. Mm. They might do it, but well, there's this feeling of... Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a feeling of angst it's about like it. distaste in their yeah. mouth. And they're doing it like whilst they're gritting their teeth and calling your names under their breath. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's a way for them to do it, still do what you want them to do and to feel great doing it because they know that they're doing something that is going to like make you feel better like you up you know like whatever it might be then why would we not want to look at that is what I think so is that going because I can remember years ago and I can't remember the name of it does this go beyond the likes of the win-win situation because I'm sure there's a stage after win-win and I can't remember the name of it Does, does this actually go beyond that win-win situation so it's more of a I don't know a spiritual kind of thing yeah I'm... possibly um well it would you know if everyone gets their needs met I've not kind of studied that if that's a, a methodology that win-win so I don't know can't really talk to it but um a win-win situation is where you know why would you not and it's going to make everyone feel happy and things like that so it sounds you know along the same lines mm-hmm. um but it's just coming from this place of 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 empathy love kindness um so really coming back to the how to communicate like a giraffe just to like weave that in because I've got I've got notes and it's kind of all over the place but um Marshall Rosenberg talks about jackals and giraffes and it's it's handy to think in those terms because you you might listen to this and think oh brilliant I'm going to try it but you have to bear in mind that 99% of the population have not studied how to communicate like a giraffe. As much as I, I I will be optimistic and look on the bright side of, you know, the podcast going absolutely mentally viral and everyone listening to it in the world, you know, unlikely. So if if they've not all studied Marshall Rosenberg's communication method or listen to Mind, Mood and Food, I mean, why wouldn't they? I don't know. But <laughs> let's say, for example, you're walking around as a giraffe and you've got your giraffe ears on because you've trained in this method, but you're coming across jackals all the time because they don't know how to communicate like a giraffe. So a jackal will communicate 
still in the, in the way that you know we've always been raised in society to communicate to be kind of like very egoic so we're, we're always looking at protecting ourselves coming from the ego the ego needs to protect it's very very unhappy with you know anyone criticizing us at all and if you're not sure just talk to some teenagers because my teenagers are amazing at demonstrating this right now so this jackal giraffe <laughs> thing is I, I'm really glad we're revisiting it because it's like oh so when you've got jackals going yeah well I haven't done it because and they give you this list of why they've not done it and this real defensiveness mm. if you go back as a jackal and you don't know how to translate what they're saying into giraffe language you're just going to be like batting your head especially if you're perimenopausal and you know <laughs> good. why does god give us perimenopause and teenagers around the same time I don't oh. know. why would you do that so you know you might need this training as much as i do so if you're if you're coming up against a jackal that is blaming criticizing and complaining about your behavior you're going to need to be able to translate it and how you do that obviously this I did I did a training on this for like an hour an hour and a half in one of my groups so we're only going to be like 20-25 minutes here so it's like not going to get all all of the information in but what these podcasts do I hope is to give people that interest and if this, yeah, it's like, oh, I didn't know about that. You can play with it. You can go and find out more about it. You could do one of my masterclasses on it if you like. Um, let me know if that's of interest. I still have them available. Um, so, yeah, it's it's about translating the need underneath the request. So if someone is saying to you, well, you never come round, you know, a family member. I don't mm. see you enough. Blah, blah, blah. and you kind of take that as a oh they're kind of criticizing me you know well you're too busy to fit me into your busy schedule kind of thing if you see beyond that kind of angry critique mm. instead of getting defensive and going yeah well you know it's because I've got so much on and and da 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 and like getting all defensive and then you're just not getting anywhere if you can translate that as, well, what's the need underneath that request? Because it is a request. It comes yeah. across a bit like, you know, a criticism. I'd probably see that as loneliness, to be quite fair. Yeah. But, you know. And and that, so there's a need there for the person that they're missing because they love that person, because they like that person, because they value. So they value you, they like you, they love you, and they just, I'm missing you and they want to see more of you because yeah. of whatever that need is, depending on the circumstance. So it could be a, it could be someone that's not seeing anyone very much and they might be lonely, like you say. It could be that they are seeing lots of people, I think, in the case that I've got in my head, um, but they just don't see you enough because you know they they miss you. And that's and that suddenly makes you feel a lot more different about that communication than if you hear it as a as a jackal rather than a giraffe yeah that makes sense. that makes loads of sense yeah just... it was like life-changing <laughs> for me and I, I like I said this is not something that comes naturally as with a lot of the yoga stuff I don't know why 
I do know a little bit why we're wired like this. I'm not going to go into it now. I've not got the time, you know, in terms of why we're wired in terms of negative thinking and all of that. But yeah. it just feels like it's always pushing uphill, doesn't it, when you're trying oh. to change your brain and how it works. But this is another example of that. So this is a reason why I think we need a practice. So we need our yoga practice, whatever that looks like for you. And I always say this, it could be that that's an hour on your mat every day doing yoga postures, or it could be that, you know, it's walking meditation in nature or, you know, something that just sitting in stillness in the morning and having that quiet time. We need some kind of a practice to help us to then be able to move through the world and be more mindful and more conscious of what's going on. What's going on for us when we get that flash of irritation or anger at, at something that might be communication or it might be, you know, whatever it might be that you're coming up against um, and to be able to just have that beat in between reacting so that you can respond rather than react. So it, this stuff is difficult. So if you're not, if you've not got any kind of practice, you know, be gentle with yourself because you, you'll listen to this, think that sounds great and then forget about it. And you'll just go back to your normal way of being unless you've got something that reminds you always to come back to kindness and love and and if you do have a yoga practice and it's just you know an hour in a studio a week and you do it for like keep fit reasons and then it's not changing who you are as a person and making you a better person then you've got a question like is that really yoga um do you know what I mean so these teachings are they, they run deep and the yamas and the niyamas which is what ahimsa is one of those is all to do with this being a better person seeing through more loving eyes and being more gentle with yourself and others so it's not easy it's not easy work to try no, in that conversation you know can you yeah. think of one recently I bet you can where you've like yeah yeah um, definitely a few <laughs> definitely a few and I wouldn't say there was there was a half I'd probably say they're actually with friends more than mm -hmm. anything else mm -hmm. um I think me and Darren have kind of got to this understanding of asking how each other are mm. um, and just understanding a bit more about that. But when it comes to friends, you don't see them as often. And just now and again, it's just like, um, like now I'm going to take a breath before I start speaking. <laughs> mm, at least you've got that, a level of awareness, you know, like, like, most people don't even have, have that so I'm hoping that through these podcasts and through everything that we do that you know it's gonna um spread that word a little bit so yeah when you're taking that breath when you're thinking like how am I going to communicate and, and how am I going to translate that back so it's two ways so there's a few there's a few let me go through the steps of how to do this so the jackal accuses judges reproaches and manipulates that's the ego self the self with the small s if you want to translate it into yogi yogi terms the giraffe is open respectful assertive so i think this can be a misconception when you start looking at this love and light uh, in the yoga world that you know you're just going to be a walkover yep. not at all Sorry. and i like to call it quiet strength you know, so another animal, you could think of something like um, a lioness, something like that. So they're 
they're not like the lion, like just going out there roaring at everything, but they're they they're still just as powerful. Oh, yeah. But they're like, you know, they're quieter, they may be looking after their young and just keeping a watch. But if if it's needed, they will step up. Um, so they are assertive, giraffes, and they're not judgmental. Again, this is your higher self. Hmm. Nothing to do with the ego that defends and cannot handle criticism. Giraffe is open to criticism, you know, okay, bring it on. I'll consider it, yeah, with an open mind. Yeah. So the steps are number one is observation. And what this this has got quite a bit to it, but basically means stick to the facts. So when I'm working one-on-one with people, been going through this with a client recently, and I'll we're trying to do like a bit of role play around it, but it's it's about not interpreting what you're hearing and putting your flavor on it because then that's not a fact that's your interpretation and that that's where people can trip up so if you're like saying um what I'm seeing is or what I'm hearing is and you're trying to observe so you you play it back to them just to check that what you've you've heard is correct um you know when you when you don't do the jobs when I'm away or whatever you know we're just talking about um it's because you don't care about me you know that would not be a fact because how do you really know that that's you just judging casting so be careful of opinions and judgments when it comes to this stuff because it's not an observation if you're putting your flavor onto it because then they're going to go well that's not true and then that's where it gets wrong um so try try to play it back I can see that X, Y, Z, you know, what I'm hearing is. And so part in this pillar of observation, one of the biggest skills, and we could just do a whole thing on this on its own, is listening. And listening is a very, very scarce skill, I would say. I don't come across many people that listen well, you know. Um, And I try to work on it myself because I'm, aware that I grew up in a family where we're all talkers and you know true listening and not just listening waiting to kind of jump in you know how we do that oh I, something's popped up in my head and I want to say this that's what we're like as a family <laughs> <laughs> so I'm aware of that myself it's very much why we've got two ears and one mouth yes <laughs> So that's what I mean, this little part, you know, this little nugget in this whole podcast, you could just think about this, if nothing else, just try to become a better listener. So if you are listening to a friend or, you know, a family member or a partner, you're never going to be able to translate their communication into what that need is and to, to come back with your giraffe openness if you're not really even listening properly and you're just kind of like you've got something running around in your head you're not being present you're not fully immersed in what they're saying um and so if you try and play that back then you're probably going to have misjudged it and got it wrong anyway because you've made it all about you immediately and it's not it's probably more about them you know what they're saying is more about them than you that awareness as you say to have that openness have that open mind and to probably quite impossible but you know try and calm down your own thoughts so you can really tune in to what they're saying 
Yeah, and that's that is difficult, but that's where meditation comes in and things like that. Um, and if you if you practice it and play with it, you can make it like a little experiment, you know, to be really present, to be really present in that means not going off in your head. Um, you know, how many times do people they're telling you something about but they're not well or something's going on and then you're like oh yeah I've had that and then you just go back with your bit and then it's like oh who's got the worst story who's been the illest it's like a competition <laughs> and you know the more you you more you play with it the more you'll notice other people doing it and then you can kind of smile and be like oh, they're doing the, the jackal thing so try to stick to facts is step number one if you're writing it down number two is identify the emotion that that is stirring in you so how do you feel about it? And there's 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 loads of emotions, but according to this work, there's only four main ones, and then most of the others are a variation of that one. So like um, anger, sadness, fear, and joy. And trying to use sentences like, I feel hurt when, you know, you you've stated the fact this is the thing that maybe you're not keen on this behavior and if it's fact rather than opinion it's like every every weekend you know I do this this and this um I've noticed that you don't ever do the laundry or whatever it might be I'm just using that as an example but if that's a fact it's you know it's just trying to state the facts rather than that judgment and the and the criticism so it's like trying to tread carefully with it so what I've noticed is or what I hear that and then when that happens I feel hurt and then it's like well why do you feel hurt so this is where you need to have a little think about what your need is that is not being met before you go into the conversation have that ready especially if it's a difficult conversation that you want to really address. So, you know, I've always found it important to, it's a good sentence opener phrase like that. Um, it matters to me that, so, you know, what is it that the need, because the need there might be equality. It might be that you've grown up in a house where it just wasn't equal and that doesn't feel good to you. Or it might be that you feel that they're not demonstrating respect or love you know so thinking about those needs yeah it matters to you really matters to you and if they know that instead of just going you're a lazy bleep 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 and you never do a damn thing <laughs> yeah it you know suddenly they actually are like wanting to do the thing now because you're like I'm gonna feel more joy if you just do the hoovering every week or something or um you know um how we all have different love languages which I think we might have to do I think we might oh, be doing God. a different podcast on that at some point but mine is you know mine is like acts of kindness and stuff like that so I love it if like my husband buys me flowers and we do that he does that every week now um and that but if you've you know you've not gone you never do this and you never show any and you've said it in that way they're they're not going to want to do that because they're no, now angry at you for giving them the nag nag moan moan Whereas if you're like, I can't tell you how much joy it brings me when you bring me a little gift, or it might be that it's a kind word that your love language is, you know, words of affirmation, and that makes you feel happy. And so that brings us to point four, which is the request. And request is an important word to write down. It's not a demand. So what we have to be willing to do is to hear a no. So you go, oh, I've done all this lovely 
non-violent communication and I want you to do the hoovering every week. Okay, let's go. Are you going to do it? And then they go, no. You can't then be like... <laughs> so all of the non-violence goes out the window because now you're like going on the right, you're leaving, you're getting, you know, separation. It's like, no. It's got to be a request that you're willing to hear. No. And that, oh, yeah. And yeah. that it doesn't come with any, like consequences well if you don't because it is a genuine conversation where we're trying to get everyone's needs met and really if we are present and we are understanding what their needs are as well and what they're saying then there might be a two-way conversation needed there which is why they don't want to do the thing yeah and then maybe it's like well there could be some other way so it's not easy to cover this topic in 20 minutes or so um so I just wanted to make sure that you know we'd got an understanding of where it comes from it comes from this non-violence it comes from this word ahimsa in yoga and that there's four main steps but there's a lot more to it so if people want more get in touch look it up online there's lots of youtube videos about it as well um and it's a really really good way of playing with your communication yeah, definitely. Maybe this is a two-part of a dog. Yeah, I know we keep saying that, don't we? But absolutely, and then I think once we've covered the basics, you can always come yeah. back and revisit it because um, there's lots of things in there about watching what you're thinking, watching your tone of voice, checking that you're not, you know, saying one thing and your body language totally means another. So there's there's lots to it that's fun to explore. But um, hopefully, did that give you a flavour? Definitely, definitely did. And um, just that, even if... The only thing, and I'm closing my eyes because my eyes are hurt. Um, the only thing that people take away from this is just to start understanding that there is a different point of view, mm-hmm. and take a second to let that sink in. And that your way is not the only way, and there's two people involved in that conversation, and and the whole thing about listening better and using that as a practice that in itself is such a good practice if you take nothing else but just to make a promise to listen in your next you know conversation with a loved one that 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 alone will change the game you know definitely definitely wow hopefully there's a lot less jackals and more giraffes out there yay the giraffe (laughs) let us know in the comments if you're you know going to uh change your ways and become a giraffe (laughs) i love giraffes so we should all be giraffes i love giraffes do you know they're my favorite (laughs) animal at the zoo oh fantastic whenever you go to the zoo i just love them they just look like absolutely prehistoric they're amazing absolutely look real don't they they should they look like dinosaurs they're so tall and (laughs) Grateful and yeah, they're lovely <laughs> and oh. calm. You know, very calm, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much for that, Adele. That was very a great insight. I can see that spilling over into uh, part two. But yeah, yeah absolutely. Share this uh, podcast with your friends and do like if you'd like to subscribe. Please do, and we'd love to hear your comments so we would and if you have got jackals in your life and you want them to have a little eye opener into how to be more giraffe send them a link oh yes the podcast what a good way to be like you know what i'm not not 
jumping in with any criticism, but you might want to give this a little listen. <laughs> Definitely. Just open that, opening that conversation. Thank you very much, Adele, and I'll see you. See you on the next one. Bye, everyone. Thank you.